0: So I think that we've got pretty good data from these eight or 9,000 people to show that the rules really do what they were designed to and um, they can help to rule out injury pretty quickly within a room without specialist equipment.
1: The Ottawa Anchor Rules can be a really useful clinical test to rule out bony ankle injuries after trauma. But how accurate are they? Well, in today's episode, we talked to Dr. Chris Bleakley, who has recently reviewed an interesting paper on the diagnostic accuracy of the Ottawa Anchor Rules for the Physio Network Research Reviews. And today we dive into some of the key findings and takeaways from it. To learn more about these research reviews and how they can make keeping up to date so much easier for you, click the link in the show notes now. Chris is a child. Char- He's a physiotherapist and senior lecturer at the Ulster University, and he's a leading academic physiotherapist, having published extensively in the field of ankle injuries. Chris enjoys teaching research methods to health science students, and he continues his clinical work at the Replay Physiotherapy Clinic in Belfast, Northern Ireland. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. There are some key takeaways, and it can really highlight the usefulness of the Ottawa ankle rules. I'm James Armstrong, and this is Physio Explained. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. It's great to have you back on. Thanks, James. Great to be here. Today, we're going to be chatting about a topic which you've recently covered in one of your great research reviews for the Physio Network, looking at the diagnostic accuracy of the Ottawa ankle rules. So we're going to dive straight into this and unpick the paper that you reviewed and and come up with some real clinical pearls for the listeners today. So should we kick off with Ottawa ankle rules? Let's go with the basics. Well, they are kind of the de
0: facto clinical test or algorithm that are used to try and rule out bony injury in people who present to emergency departments with an acute ankle injury or acute ankle sprain. And they've been around for a while now. I mean, they were first put together in early to mid-90s. And around that time, that was when there was the first empirical data to show that they were pretty reliable, they had good diagnostic accuracy. So they're essentially a clinical test and there are two stages to them. So if somebody comes in with an acute ankle injury and they're complaining of pain in the malleolar or midfoot region, then there's an index of suspicion that they may have a bony injury. And as therapists, it's important that we make a decision as to whether or not this is a soft tissue injury or this is potentially a bony injury. So you follow that up with palpation around the malleolar zone, so really the distal six centimeters of each malleolus, and then also palpate the navicular and the head of the fifth metatarsal. And if they have pain in any of those regions, then it merits getting a radiograph. And you also look at the patient's ability to weight bear. So if they can weight bear, and by weight bearing I mean they can take four steps, even if it's painful then that's a negative test and they don't need an x-ray. So if they can take four steps, either after the injury or in the waiting area, then again, radiography is merited. So they're pretty quick. I mean, that's a really strong component of the tests themselves. They're fast. They don't require any fancy equipment and they can pretty much be done in any clinical room anywhere in the world.
1: Yeah, really useful tool. But with like with any tool, it's really good to see what the research is behind them, and and you brilliantly reviewed this research paper, Chris, which we're going to talk about today. Which is, it looks at the diagnostic accuracy of the an- ankle rules to exclude fractures in acute ankle injuries in adults. Accentuating certain points here for our our talk, and this is a systematic review and meta-analysis. So, Chris, can you talk us through what the paper was about? Yeah, so this was a
0: large systematic review and meta-analysis. And I guess for some of the clinicians or even graduates who maybe don't know what a meta analysis is, it's where you take data from lots of different studies and you pull it together to look at the effect size. There were 15 studies that were included in this review. All of them had looked at the diagnostic accuracy of the Ottawa ankle rules. And the authors of the systematic review did a nice job. They used the PRISMA guidelines as a template to to undertake their review, they pre-registered it, they looked at the study quality of the 15 studies, and they also then looked at the pooled data essentially there were data from over 9,000 or around 9,000 participants. So if you take all the separate studies and you pull that together, um, it was diagnostic accuracy data from 9,000 people, which is, again, there are too many clinical tests out there where we have that breadth and that depth of data. I think the other positive was that it's data from lots of different countries. So this isn't just one emergency department sitting somewhere in the world. It was a variety of different emergency departments, which gives a little bit of external validity to the findings as well. So the data are generalizable across the board. Again, the review showed that whenever you pulled all this data together, the Ottawa ankle rules have got a, a very high sensitivity, but quite a low specificity. In other words, they are good at ruling out. Ankle fractures are really not people who don't need to get an x-ray, which is positive because that's really what the Ottawa ankle rules were designed for. They were designed to try and cut the number of unnecessary x-rays that were being undertaken in emergency departments. I think if you go back to pre-1990, before these rules came about, pretty much everyone who had an acute ankle injury were being x-rayed and about 85% of those x-rays were negative. So when you think of the cumulative effect that that has across the world, and we know that ankle sprains or acute injuries are one of the most common that we see in emergency departments, that accumulates a lot of staff time and resources, and I know wasted patient time as well. So I think that we've got pretty good data from these Eight or 9,000 people to show that the rules really do what they were designed to and um, they can help to rule out injury pretty quickly within a room
1: without specialist equipment. Brilliant, which is really useful because as you said earlier on, they're quick, they're easy, and now we've seen from the systematic view of meta-analysis that actually they can be used with the mind of ruling out a bony injury. Yeah. However, that, that specificity or the lack of thereof means that we're potentially going to get some false positives. Is that right? Yeah, we are. And I think that that's probably the
0: lesser of two evils if you balance it it up. I mean, the last thing that we want to do is to have a false negative, to tell somebody that they don't have a bony injury when they actually do. And I think the rules are set up to probably increase the number of false positives. And that's what boosts the sensitivity up. So yes, there will certainly be a percentage of people who will get x-rayed that will still be negative But again, when we look at the risks of each, it's it's much better with this type of tree eye situation to have a higher number of false positives and a low number of false negatives that are in there. And we're certainly doing much better than we were in the early 90s when everyone who came into emergency departments were given an x ray. Are you struggling to keep up to date with new research? Let our research reviews do the hard work for you. Our team of experts summarise the latest and most clinically relevant research for instant application in the clinic, so you can save time and effort keeping up to date. Click the link in the show notes to try Physio Network's
1: research reviews for free today. So looking at this paper, Chris, what were the limitations of the review? There are always limitations. There was some
0: heterogeneity in the findings. So in other words, not all studies showed consistently the same effects. So some of the studies had sensitivities that were 90 plus. Others were a little bit lower than that. So there wasn't consistency there. There's a little bit of noise in the data. There was also probably more noise when you looked at the specificity. In some of the studies, the specificity was as high as 60% or 0.6. In others, it was 0.1 or 10%. So there's a little bit of differences in sampling error. Normally, Best practice, if that does occur within a review, is the author should go in and try and explain that and try and say, well, why are there such differences across these studies? This isn't a criticism of the authors. Uh, They weren't able to do that. They weren't able to go in and examine the heterogeneity simply because there wasn't enough separate studies to do that. So normally what you would do is either a subgroup analysis to try and look and see maybe this is differences in the country, differences in the levels of experience of the practitioners that is driving this difference in the diagnostic accuracy. Sometimes they can do a meta regression, and that's another way to do that. And explaining the heterogeneity is quite important because it might tell us and under what circumstances can we boost the diagnostic accuracy or boost the specificity, but they weren't really able to do that. They didn't have the numbers of the variety of studies. 15 studies wasn't enough to run any sort of meaningful subgroup analysis. So maybe in the future when there's a couple more studies in this area that they could do that. In terms of the general conduct of the review, it was solid. There were some differences in the included studies well, the vast majority were prospective in nature, which is what you want from these types of studies that the data are generated and collected in real time. There were only a couple of them that were retrospective in nature. And I think it might have been nice if the authors had a- taken those out of the analysis and looked to see whether or not that changed the pooled effect any, what would be a sensitivity analysis, but they didn't do that. So maybe if I'm being hypercritical, that could have been something that they that they would have done. But that, to be honest, doesn't really change the conclusion and the take-home message of this.
1: You segwayed really nicely onto that take-home. So the clinical implications for this and how the listeners can take away something from this review, what would you say to that?
0: Well, I think that 20, 30 years on, auto ankle rules are still a really useful and simple and cheap way to assess an acute injury and bear in mind that they're not perfect. But if you apply the Ottawa rules, in addition to just good sound clinical judgment, so we never do these things in isolation, I should add that as a caveat. But if you apply those and they're negative, then there's a minuscule chance that you will have missed a meaningful fracture of the ankle. So they're a really good way to rule out bony injury and to reduce the necessity for radiographs within busy emergency departments. So I think they're still very relevant today. In fact, they're probably more relevant today. We know the pressures on EDs across the the UK and Ireland, certainly used to be just winter pressures. Now it's just pressures that's constant. We know that lots of ankle sprains still, people with ankle sprains or injuries still attend EDs. Anything that we can... do to reduce the amount of time that people are spending EDs and the cost is useful. And I think that the auto anglers can really help with that.
1: Brilliant. A really, really useful tool to have, have in, the, uh, in the box, as it were. And a really useful review from yourself, Chris. I think the the research view I knew when I read it was really succinct, really kind of highlighted what we need to know from the systematic review there. I think it's been a nice, succinct summary of what you found. So if you're interested in reading Chris's research review on the diagnostic accuracy of the Ottawa ankle rules and hundreds of reviews from other world-leading experts, then click in the link in the show notes below to try Physio Network's research reviews for free. Chris, thank you so much for your time, and I'm sure we're going to get you on the podcast again soon as well to talk all things ankles. Thanks very much.